0: 111 to 120 the philadelphia 76ers dropped two in a row this one a loss to the phoenix suns i'm jerry green here today by myself Uh, unfortunately Coy is on a road trip right now he's going to florida um he'll actually be in clearwater uh kind of for the spring training his dad works with the phillies and he's going down to clearwater with him so uh he'll be back soon but today he was driving uh, not able to catch the Sixers game, really, and not able to record. but we did speak before the game, and we were kind of in agreement that, you know, it it would be um, unlikely for the Sixers to drop two games in a row, but he said if if there's any night which he thought they would, or any, like, stretch they thought they would, it would be this game um, and the last game against the Blazers, and it's understandable. He was right about that, because Blazers, Suns, two good opponents, and on the road, you're on the West Coast, time difference, blah blah blah. But um a couple of tough losses. He also said that he felt like Devin Booker was just going to continue to torch the Sixers as he has done his whole career. Booker did just that. His career average against the Sixers, I believe, 38 points going into this game, and he dropped 36 in this one on 14 to 23 shooting, three of five from beyond the arc. So he was a problem, and. He wasn't the only problem. Chris Paul only had 18 points, but you look at 10 assists, 8 of 13 shooting, and it just felt like he was hitting every mid-range shot he took. Um, and those two guys, you know, it goes without saying they're the Suns' two best players. But Mike Bridges has been having a good season. Bridges was actually drafted by the Sixers, but then traded on draft night for the Rice Iyer Smith, which is unfortunate for Sixers fans because... Not only has Bridges turned out to be a much better player than Smith, uh, who's no longer with the team, he's in the G League. Um, Bridges, he his mom worked for the Sixers at the time. He was from Villanova and kind of grew up in the area. He was, I'm pretty sure he grew up a Sixers fan. He seemed like a perfect fit for the organization, and he would fit in well with this team that we have now. But um, unfortunately, they traded him for Zaire, who ended up not really helping the team much at all. But speaking of former Sixers, Dario Saric returned from a 13-game period, which he was out due to injury, and he had a pretty good game as well, 15 points off the bench for him. Uh, Speaking of the bench, that was probably uh, the biggest headline, the biggest problem for the Sixers. They could not get any production offensively from their bench unit. Mike Scott, zero points. Uh, Dwight Howard, two points. Tyrese Maxey, six points. Matisse Stiebel, five points. Furkan Korkmaz, two points. Like, these guys, uh, they got to put points on the board if we want to remain in games and stay competitive when the starters come out. And, you know, I felt like it was a little little bit of the problem was usually the way that um, Doc Rivers stacks up the lineup, staggers the minutes, is he'll have Simmons and Embiid play together on the court at the same time um, as much as possible, and there's never really a time when one of Harris and Bede and Simmons aren't on the court together and th- there was some pretty long stretches in this game where since Mike Scott came back uh he didn't have to play Tobias at the 4 and it was just all bench players on the floor and it- they couldn't get anything going on offense just super stagnant no one really to create Tyrese Maxey I guess off the dribble is the only one you could say doing much of anything but Furkan Korkmaz wasn't hitting his shots um and that was a problem for the Sixers because that's probably where they lost the game. You know, only about 13 points from the bench. If you take away the garbage time when Isaiah Joe, Tony Bradley, all of them came in. Uh, and the Suns, on the other hand, had, like I mentioned, 15 from Dario Saric, which outscores the Sixers bench alone. Uh, plus, Jay Crowder has eight. Cam Johnson has nine. And one Moore has another 11 on top of that. So the Suns bench outscored the Sixers bench. And a lot of people are pointing that out as the main problem here. But really, you know, it felt like a winnable game. And I understand why it felt like that. But the Suns shot 61% from the field. Uh, and that's not very common. Uh, 40% from three as well. And when a team shoots that well, it's pretty hard to stay in a game. Whereas the Sixers shot, you know, they didn't do too bad themselves. 52 from the field, 41 from three, uh, and they got to the line a lot. But, you know, they just weren't able to stop the Suns. And I liked what I saw defensively in the first quarter and the second quarter. The Sixers got off to a pretty good start. It went into halftime, a tie game. But really in the third quarter, um, the Suns kind of pulled away. It, those non joel and B minutes where Dwight Howard is just out there playing center kind of killed us. And that's not a knock on Doy Howard. He's having a pretty good season for us and he's a solid backup big man, but uh, our defense just wasn't nearly as strong without Embiid Simmons on the floor. And there was no offense because Tobias wasn't really on there with the second unit as much. And you can't really rely on guys like just Tyrese Maxey, Furcon, Korkmaz to create their own offense. So the Sixers fall to 18 and nine. Uh, they do still maintain a one-and-a-half game lead over the Bucks because the Bucs uh, fortunately lost the Jazz last night. And, you know, the Sixers play the Jazz next, I believe, and that's going to be a tough test for us because the Jazz have won, I believe, 17 of their last 18 games, and they're looking like maybe even the best team in the league. I believe they have second-best net rating. They just beat the Bucs out so of the best net rating. Uh, they have the best record in the Western Conference, too, which has tougher opponents and you know if the Sixers are losing three games in a row that's it's not a good look you know the Sixers are already below 500 against teams that are over 500 uh, meaning that most of the games that we're winning are against teams with bad records and I don't think that that's a sign of where this team really stands because it's a pretty small sample size we've played a lot of bad teams and not a whole lot of good teams And we've had games where we've played well against good teams, like the Lakers, for example. But uh, the Jazz game is going to be a big one, I think, for us because you lose to the Blazers with a fully healthy team, well, excluding Shake Milton. And I talked all this time about how the bench couldn't create any offense. And I think that Shake Milton being gone for these – or being out injured for these past two games, uh, probably one of the driving factors in that, you know, He's a guy who hasn't been shooting the ball as well this year, but his overall offensive play and his playmaking have been really beneficial for the team because he's able to come off the bench and create offense for the players around him. And our bench unit is clearly missing that these past two games. Our bench also struggled against the Blazers. Um, I believe less than 20 points scored as a unit there as well. And plus, Mello came off the bench for the Blazers and dropped like 24. So, you know... Uh, Shake Milton, I believe Doc Rivers said he's going to be out for this entire road trip that we have, so that would mean he is out against Utah next game. And the Sixers are going to have to figure something out because that is a problem. Um, And, you know, you look at the minutes played. Joel Embiid had to play 36 minutes, and that's not extraordinary, but 36 minutes and a loss, eh, you don't really want that because... What happened was he had to get subbed in early on in the fourth than usual. Um, Usually he sits out the first few minutes of the fourth quarter and then comes in, but he had to come in right away at the beginning of the fourth just because our second unit was getting destroyed, and we actually did pull it within five points at one point in the fourth quarter, but then Devin Booker just goes down, hits a tough three, and he was hitting tough shots all game. Uh, I should probably spend some more time talking about him because, man, him and Chris Paul they were just having a night i said chris paul with the mid-ranges and he was just creating offense for everyone around him like i said 10 assists and booker man the step back threes ben simmons was doing a good job on him early but uh the i think what really happened here was when danny green switched on to him in the second quarter and you're probably thinking why why is danny green guarding devin booker um instead of ben simmons well And especially considering that Ben Simmons was pretty much locking him up in that first quarter. Well, the reasoning is, according to Doc Rivers, he doesn't want Simmons picking up the best player the entire first half. Because, you know, that could lead to Simmons getting in foul trouble. That could lead to uh, fatigue and he kind of slows down in the fourth quarter and he can't pull the stops out when we really need it. So that's why Danny Green was guarding Devin Booker for most of that second quarter. And it was in the second quarter where Booker really started to get going. And i he's one of those guys when he sees a few shots go in and he's starting to really feel it. You know, once he finds his rhythm, he's more dangerous as a shooter, as a scorer, um, as a player on offense, really. And once he got that rhythm playing against Danny Green, who he was just cooking off the dribble. And I don't blame Danny. You know, a lot of people, a lot of fans I see on Twitter hating on Danny Green. I'm... I'm not a Danny Green hater by any means. I think he's a great player and a very important piece of this team. Uh, just watching the Sixers and the stuff he does off-ball, both on offense and defense, uh, he just has a huge IQ, or a very high IQ, and his movement, he knows where to be where, when and when to be there, both on defense and offense. He knows how to find a shot or his spot to get the right shots up. He knows how to um, rotate defensively. You know, all that stuff that doesn't really show up on the box score, but you you notice it when you're watching the games, and it it helps the team out behind the scenes. Um, But on ball, he's not as good of a defender as he was maybe a few years ago when he had some more lateral quickness still in him, and Devin Booker was just able to put him in the blender. So like I said, Sixers' next game is at Utah against the Jazz in Salt Lake City on Monday um after that we come back home to finish off this four-game road trip on the west coast and we play the rockets in the wells fargo center um so on this road trip the sixers are now one and two with that win to the kings and now these back-to-back losses against portland and phoenix hopefully they can even that out to 500 against the jazz i'm really hoping for a good game you know mb versus gobert two of the best centers in the league should be interesting to watch them go at it. Plus, you got guys like Donovan Mitchell. He's having a pretty good season. Ben Simmons has been playing really well as of late. And I didn't get too into this earlier on, but Ben Simmons had a great night. Um, 18 points from him, and he was attacking the rim aggressively. Got to the line nine times, and he made six out of nine free throws. So some very good signs from Ben. And, and B, you know, I don't really have to say it, but 35 points. Are we really surprised by this? Um, eight rebounds, twelve of twenty-three from the floor, nine of ten from the line. Just typical things from Joel Embiid. Uh, Seth Curry struggled a little, struggled a little bit from three in the first half particularly, and Tobias Harris another consistent you know eighteen-point performance from him. So nothing really stood out too much um, from the Sixers starters apart from the things i already mentioned uh, just ben simmons and a good game from him i hope we continue to see this ben simmons more often um and more frequently where he's aggressive attacking the rim getting downhill uh and even he he was getting the post a little bit too this game which it's something he's been doing all season but um you like to see him get those post touches because i think that's the next step uh the next level for him to leveling up his game is being able to score in the post more easily and take advantage of matchups against smaller guards. But anyways, what really killed the Sixers um in this Saturday matinee game against the Suns was Devin Booker and Chris Paul just hitting shots. Um, big shots and big moments. And the Sixers couldn't match that on the other end. Uh, especially with their bench out on the floor, who had a very poor day offensively. Um thank you for listening. We'll see you next time I guess.